Well, Happy New Year, everybody. It is so good to see you all here. Thank you for being here in person on the first Sunday of 2022. If you're joining us online, a special welcome to you as well. And a very, very special welcome to all of our students with us today. Uh, Kids, I have a little secret, okay? As much as I love seeing your parents' faces every Sunday, I like seeing your faces even more, all right? And so next week you'll have your programs back up Uh, But today, I'm just, I'm blessed to see all of your wonderful faces worshiping as a family this morning. And today, to kick off 2022, we're starting a brand new series that'll take us through this month. It's called Made New, Change, Growth, and Maturity Through Christ. And the title of this morning's message is Moving Forward. It's appropriate for the first Sunday of the new year, moving forward. And I know this is the time of the year where people make all kinds of resolutions. And the typical resolutions are, well, one, eat better, right? We all want to eat better, especially after the holidays, okay? And of course, along with that is exercise more, right? Most of us want to exercise more. That's why when you walk into your local Costco, During the first couple weeks of the new year, what you see featured right there in plain view, right in the center of the the store, are treadmills, elliptical machines, and weight sets. It's as if they're trying to send us a message. It's like they're saying, okay, thank you for buying and eating all of our massive pumpkin pies during the holiday season. Now it's time to work off all those calories, so be sure to take home this treadmill with you. And by the way, you know this, but the first few weeks of January is when you see all the gym memberships skyrocket, and people head to their local gyms, they stay faithful for a week or two, and then they kind of fade into the distance. You know, for some people, the New Year's, season brings with it resolutions for the new year, and some are good about sticking with their resolutions. But let's face it, for most people, it's hard to stick with a resolution for 365 days. The reality is most of us, when we make commitments at the beginning of the year, the reality is it's hard to keep those commitments. Some I might even guess, halfway through the year, they can't even remember what their resolutions were. But here's my encouragement. Don't give up. And the reason why I say that is this. That the beauty of January 1 is that as it comes around every year, it gives us the opportunity to start new. For some, that means to renew commitments. For others, it might be to start brand new commitments. For the follower of Jesus Christ, this is the perfect time of the year to remind ourselves that we have all been made new. If you have Jesus, you have been made new. And that's why January 1 is a perfect opportunity for the follower of Jesus Christ, the child of God, 
to remind ourselves that since we have been made new, we can experience change and growth and maturity in our lives. I have a question for you. I want you to think about. Has God changed you? Think about that question. Has God changed you? Now, I'm going to admit something. That the cynical side of me, the, the human side of me at times, I'm tempted to say, people just don't change. He is who he is. She is who she is. People just don't change. That's the cynical side of me. And the reality is at times I go and I look at someone's life and go, wow, that person hasn't changed. But if we can step out of that cynicism for a minute and realize that as followers of Jesus Christ, not only is change possible, it is essential to the Christian life. If God has changed us, and he has, he has transformed your life and mine, then we can experience growth and maturity in areas such as decision-making. We can experience growth and maturity in our relationships. And we can experience change and growth and maturity as we overcome even the most difficult vices that keep us pinned down in our lives. So I ask you that question. Can we change? As followers of Jesus Christ, we have been changed. And because of that transformation, we can experience growth and maturity. And so that is why throughout this series, we're going to look closely at our lives. The areas such as decision-making, interpersonal relationships, and even those vices, and see how we can overcome them through the power of Jesus. So to begin our time this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. And we'll read verses 12 through 14. Philippians 3, verses 12 through 14. The Apostle Paul writes this. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, if we were to look at all of Paul's letters throughout the New Testament, you would discover that he loves analogies and metaphors. He talked much about the military. He said, put on the what? Full armor of God. He liked to talk about architecture. You are the temple of God. He talked often about agriculture. You sow what you reap. And probably more than any other metaphor, any other analogy, Paul loved to talk about sports. You see, sports in his day was huge. It's the same for us in our day today. The point of this passage that we just read is this. 
that you and I, as followers of Jesus, we are in this lifelong process called sanctification. We are being sanctified. And here's how I like to describe it. All right, kids, one day in the past, when you gave your life to Jesus, you were justified. What that means is you were made right. You were not right on your own, but you received Christ's righteousness. And so we were all justified. Adults and kids all together, let's say justified. Okay, I know you can do better than that. Okay, let's say it together, justified. Good. So at one point in the past, we were justified. That was a one-time event that doesn't keep happening. When we gave our life to Jesus, we were justified. Now, one day in the future, when we stand before God, we will be glorified. Let's hear it. Glorified. glorified. You know what that means? Well, it involves, we'll get new bodies, which means that you'll no longer have back pain. Amen? <laughs> no more knee pain. And no more illness or disease. We were justified. We will be glorified. But in this long season called life, we are being sanctified. Let's hear it together. Sanctified. sanctified. So we were justified. We will be glorified. But right now in this period called life, we are being sanctified. So if you're going through junior high school, you're being sanctified. <laughs> high school, sanctified. College, sanctified. Elementary school, sanctified. When you're starting your career, you're being sanctified. When you're starting a family, when you have grandkids, you're being sanctified. This entire process is known as sanctification. And looking at Paul's present condition at that time, as he looked at his life, he realized that he had so much more sanctifying to be done in his life. Now, here's the thing, though. At this point, when Paul wrote Philippians, he was so mature as a believer. And yet, he was not satisfied. He was not content with his life. He did not want to let up. So he didn't want to just retire into the distance and ride into the sunset. He realized that he could not let up. If Paul was running a track and field event by that time in his life, he would have lapped other runners. He was so far ahead spiritually. He said, no, no, no. I'm not going to let up. I can't afford to let up. He realized that he could not celebrate too soon. Do you know what happens when you celebrate prematurely? Here's what happens. You're going to get caught at the finish line. In a minute, I'm going to show you a video of a runner who was so confident that he was so far ahead of the other runners, he was about to win the race. And so he started celebrating. But I want you to look at what happened at the finish line. Take my word for it, there's a moral to this story. Yeah, it looked like a coronation for Tanche Pepio. He's getting the crowd. He wants the crowd to cheer his performance. And at the end, he gets pipped. He gets pipped by Marin Simon of Washington. And you just can't do this kind of stuff, Lewis. You can't. And you know, you see his face, and you know no one has to say anything. They don't have to explain it to him. He'll never make that mistake. He was so confident that he was, he was like 
egging the, uh, the crowd on. He was cheering, you know, getting the crowd to cheer him on when he was overtaken at the finish line. And the announcer said, he'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> You'll never see him make that mistake again because he let up at the end. He became too confident. He celebrated prematurely. The Apostle Paul never made that mistake in his life. And yet at that point in his life, he had so much to, to be proud of. In fact, look earlier in chapter 3. Look at verses 4 through 6. And Paul says this, Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. What I just read to you was Paul's spiritual resume. And no one could match Paul's spiritual resume. But Paul did not compare himself with anybody else. His only measuring stick was Jesus Christ. And because of that, he did everything he could to live a life worthy of his calling. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 27, this is what Paul wrote. He said, But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. One translation says that I buffet my body. Paul buffeted his body. The word buffet, it means to strike repeatedly to keep under control. It's a very vivid picture. Paul buffeted his body, not to be confused with buffet, okay? Don't confuse the two. Paul did not buffet his body. That's what you and I did during the holidays. Paul disciplined his body so that he would know, so that he would not be disqualified. You know, one day in the future, when you and I stand before God, you know what's going to happen? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we will stand before God and he will examine all of our years of ministry, all of our service, and he will determine which ones will last. You see, our lives will be tested by fire as followers of Jesus Christ. And everything that we did out of self-confidence will be, will be burned up. Paul calls those worthless, flammable materials. So even if we volunteered for one event after another and we did so with ulterior motives, or we did so with our own abilities, they will not stand the test of fire. But God will examine our lives and all those ministries of service done with Christ confidence. They will last. Paul calls them precious, durable materials. So as we move into 2022, church, we can approach this year in one of two ways. We can approach it with self-confidence or with 
Christ confidence. Here's the difference. If we approach this year with self-confidence, everything we do will be determined by our circumstances. Here's what happens. When things are going well, when we're successful, our confidence tends to rise. When things are going poorly, we have low self-confidence. Everything is determined by our circumstances. You get good grades, your self-confidence soars. You do poorly on a test, low self-confidence. So we can approach 2022 with self-confidence or the better thing, and that's with Christ confidence. Because with Christ confidence, our lives are not contingent on our circumstances. With Christ confidence, life remains steady no matter what we're going through, no matter our circumstances. If we focus our attention on Christ. You know, earlier on in our passage, we read Paul saying that he was forgetting what lies behind and then straining toward what is ahead. The word forgetting, here's what it does not mean. When Paul says forgetting what lies behind, what he does not mean is that you wipe out every memory of the past, that you obliterate the past. That is not what Paul had in mind. You see, God has given us recall. He's given us memories to help us to learn from our past. Isn't it true? Some of your greatest growth was a result of some of the most difficult times of trials. As we look back at 2021, it's possible that some here, some watching online, it's possible that you experienced the most difficult trials of your life in 2021. But please be encouraged that God can use even the most difficult times for good. At the same time, God allows us to recall all the, the great events with fondness, to encourage us, right, to give us hope. Because who doesn't like hope for the new year? You know, Paul had just recalled some of his accomplishments. He didn't have to wipe away the past. But here's the key to Paul's life. Paul refused to let the past absorb his attention and hinder his progress. Paul refused to let the past absorb his attention and hinder his progress. Are you familiar with the phrase, the older I get, the better I was? Have you ever heard that phrase? I've seen people wear that on t-shirts. The older I get, the better I was. And the idea is, the older we get, oh, the best years are behind me. The older I get, the better I was. That should never describe the Christian life. That should be the furthest thing from our minds. The older I get, the better I get in Christ. And that is why Throughout this series, 
in January, we're going to look closely at our lives together. And we're going to see how we can make better decisions to honor God. It's possible that in 2021, you made a decision that just backfired on you, that you regret. Well, guess what? The Word of God has hope for us. So we'll look at how we can make decisions to better honor God in 2022. Maybe right now, as you sit there, you have a strained relationship with somebody. And we'll see how God's word will help us to find healing in our broken relationships. And it's very possible that some here today, some watching online, that you are wrestling with a vice in your life, a stronghold, something that is keeping you down, a sin that is keeping you apart from God. And we'll see through God's word how we can overcome those vices. I asked you the question earlier, can we change? Can you change? Think about that question. Can we change as human beings? Well, if God has gotten hold of our lives, not only have we changed, we can experience growth and maturity. And that's through all the seasons of our lives. And speaking of change and growth, today I've invited one of our missionaries to to come and share with us a new adventure that awaits. Many of you know Dennis and Denise Ahern. They have been a faithful part of our church for many, many years. And beyond that, they've been serving faithfully as missionaries for 43 years together. You know, over the years, God has taken them all over the world. They've lived in Taiwan, Hong Kong, Macau, the Philippines. They raised their four children in Asia. They are probably, uh, with a, their proudest accomplishment is they are the proud grandparents to seven granddaughters. In a moment, I'm going to invite Dennis and Denise up to the stage. I'll pray for them, and then Dennis will share some words of encouragement. Denise will share some words of encouragement. And I trust that you're going to be encouraged by what you hear and how God's been working in their lives and in their ministry. You know, in 2021, they experienced a trial that, that no parent, no parent can ever imagine experiencing. And through that trial, God has been working in them, through them. And, and I'm encouraged to hear from them. And I'm encouraged to hear what awaits them in the months to come. So would you join me in welcoming Dennis and Denise Ahern. I'm going to pray for them, and then we're going to be encouraged by what God has in store for us. Father, I thank you for this dear couple, dear friends. Thank you for Dennis. Thank you for Denise. Thank you for the Ahern family. 
thank you for being so faithful in their lives through the most incredible trials and through the victories. We love them so much. And we're excited to hear about what you are doing in their lives and what you'll be doing in and through them in the months to come. And so use this time, Lord, for your glory through these vessels. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Great to be with you this morning. Our church family, our church home. As uh, Pastor Tim and I have been discussing the uh, plans for the next few weeks in this particular series on spiritual growth, I got just really excited because that's kind of where Denise and I are right now. And as uh, Pastor Tim and I were discussing the, the, the thrust of this series, I just was so anxious to see where uh, God will take it for us as we participate with you. And it was great sitting over here in the front row because each time Tim brought out a highlight, he looked over at me like, troublemaking decisions, yes, that's me. Relationships that need repair, yes. I hope, hope the rest of you were paying attention that he was speaking to me this morning, so thank you. Um, and uh, a word of appreciation to you all for your love. My wife, uh, Denise, and I met during high school in the San Bernardino Mountains, and through an amazing set of God-orchestrated circumstances, we both experienced a deep encounter with Jesus Christ and His love, and a transformation story began in our lives. We, over time, also received a calling to serve the Chinese world especially the church in China. Following college and marriage, we desired to serve overseas in ministry. Lots of training, lots of preparation, more preparation, more training, and we departed the U.S. for language school in Taiwan in 1981. We boarded our plane uh, at LAX with three children, age six, age four, age two, and Denise was pregnant with our youngest at that time. One truth we knew at that time was the text that Pastor Tim spoke from this morning. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's important for me to start with that text because we didn't want to leave our home church. We didn't want to leave our family. We didn't want to leave our friends. We weren't going to Taiwan to start language school because there was someone we wanted to leave. We left because we were in pursuit of God's call in our lives. Language school and cross-cultural adjustment in Taiwan was difficult. It turned out Denise shined during language training. I flickered <laughs> in language school periodically. My, my Chinese name that everyone who lives in China receives, my Chinese name was bequeathed to me by my Chinese teacher who shook her head and said, 
Your name will be tomorrow's success, just not today. Denise um, attributed her ability to learn Mandarin to uh, the fact that it's a tonal language, and uh, due to her training as a pianist, she saw music when she heard the tones. I saw nothing. But as it turns out, anyone who's learned another language, as it for anyone who's learned another language, you'll get the amen for me, it turns out that language learning is actually a social skill. It turned out that this worked very well for me in Chinese restaurants, as I always have a gift for language learning when I'm eating. Faced with many challenges and less than perfect scores on our Mandarin or cultural adjustment life in Taiwan, one truth we did know. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. From 1981 to 82, we finished language school, moved from Taiwan to Hong Kong. From there, I started traveling into China. Eventually, we moved to Macau, started church planting. I taught at a Chinese Bible college. Now, I've already told you of my language learning challenges. While teaching at a Chinese Bible college, I taught pastoral theology, systematic theology, and church history. It's hard for me to read that sentence without just pausing and being thankful to God because this was not something I could do myself. Our team of colleagues and co-workers in Macau began an evangelistic street meeting. Eventually, two churches were planted, and today those two churches are now five churches. During this time, I traveled regularly, as I've already said, into China, connecting and encouraging believers in the faith. It's very difficult living the Christian life in a communist country. I say traveled to go to China to work with the churches that God placed in our lives, seeking to encourage them, but often there was encouragement, but it was going in my direction, not to theirs. And frankly, looking back now, it was scary traveling in China in those days. But I continued meeting with believers, shepherding, praying, learning, listening. And through this season of transition, even then, this is what we knew then. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. In 1992, Denise and I had what I'll say as missionaries was our dream jobs. 
Our Chinese friends were coming to Christ. Chinese believers were participating with us in personal evangelism, Bible study. Church leaders were developing their own calling and gifts, and I find my joy being able to step back, set a platform for ministry, but to step back and encourage them to do what God had encouraged them and called them to do all along. I didn't need to get in the way. I didn't need to be in the center of things. Jesus has already got that spot, and he doesn't want anybody else in the way. But it was thrilling for me to step back and see Chinese sharing their faith, giving their testimonies, loving Chinese, seeing Chinese come to Christ. We had the dream job. And we thought at that time that we will continue in this very fruitful ministry with lots of success until we're not able to get out of bed in the morning. I'm getting closer to that, by the way. Or as one of my old school missionary colleagues used to say, if you can see lightning and hear thunder, there's a place on the mission field for you. Old school brother, deeply loved by many. But Chinese ministry for us was not to continue. It wasn't the plan that we had scripted. We were not going to retire in China, get a gold watch, move back to China here in Southern California. <laughs> that was a joke. That wasn't God's plan. Our two oldest children were living in Manila, attending a boarding school for missionary kids. And on the night of February 7th, 1992, one of our children was attacked and almost killed. We were fortunate that this child did not die, but life was a mess and the wounds were deep. Denise and I spent many months seeking to understand, now God, what are you doing? We have the call of God on one hand and our responsibility to be parents on the other. What do you want us to do? Sensing we needed more time together as a family under the same roof, healing was needed. The boarding school offered both Denise and me positions on their faculty. We accepted. Denise taught composition development, and I taught high school Bible. After a short time on the high school campus, students began seeking me for pastoral counseling, pastoral care, shepherding, listening, and prayer. In the midst of our own grieving and brokenness and our own journey of healing, which was very far from complete ourselves, we met with others who needed healing too. God's ways are mysterious. And while God's leading may at times appear circuitous to us, for God, they're always linear. God's leading circuitous to us, but linear for him. I'll phrase it a different way. Uh, God's ways are always on point, to the point, but it may take us a while to get the point. 
God's ways are always on point, to the point, but it may take us some time to get the point. Our second year at the school, I became the school's pastoral counselor. I served high school students and their missionary parents through many difficult life experiences living and serving God overseas. I won't become over dramatic with the kinds of difficulties that we work through, but I daily had the experience, probably the way the disciples knew in their journey with Jesus felt when they brought five loaves and two fish to a party to feed 5,000 people. And regularly in my office, kids would come, parents would come. I even had experiences where one of my high school kids said, Uncle Dennis, you helped me. Do you think you could help my parents? <laughs> I said, well, parents are usually harder. Let's give it a try. <laughs> we served in the Philippines. What I would say at the time, it looked like a derailment of our calling, but not this thing we knew. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I, we, press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Sensing that our calling as parents superseded our calling as overseas missionaries in 1995, I accepted the invitation to serve as our mission agency's Southwest Director. Based here in Southern California, the position enabled me to balance my role as a husband, as a father, while helping churches send their missionaries and by helping missionaries in their going. But I have to say that even as an administrator, the pastoral heart, the pastoral shepherding call always glowed in my soul because I took my heart everywhere. It went everywhere with me. Eventually in 2004, my organization asked me to step down as a director to become our mission agency's first pastoral counselor. And I served in this capacity until 2017, when I became our agency's director of member care globally. During the last 17 years, I've traveled to almost 40 countries. During my meetings with missionaries and their children, I've coached, counseled, taught, exhorted, listened, prayed, and even rejoiced as I saw God working in amazing ways around the world. He often works through us before he works towards others. He works in us, excuse me, before he works through us. And in all that, there were also times when I wept. During the fall of 2020, Denise and I took 12 days of a personal treat in the Eastern Sierras. We read, wrote, hiked, sat around a campfire and dreamed. God began to do a fresh work in my heart. I needed my own spiritual renewal 
restoration, and refreshment. And I was tired, extremely tired. Through the time of this retreat that Denise and I, I had, a, had together, I had a growing sense that in 2021 that that would be my last year as our agency's director of member care. The Lord began working in us in our devotional reading, in our, in our Bible study together as a couple. The Lord began working, and there seemed to be three words that kept coming up in our, in our, in our devotional reading at the time. The first word was faith. The second word was surrender. And the third word was adventure. What does it mean, or did it mean then, and what does it continue to mean now for us in this stage of life to live a life of faith? Not what it, did, what, not what it meant 40 years ago when we packed those kids on the airplane and uh, went to Taiwan. I was so dumb. The mission handbook said, um, buy the cheapest airline ticket you can find. So I bought an airline ticket that turned out it was flying uh, immigrants to America. It was a no-frills aircraft. And we left Los Angeles, and we had already been en route for 24 hours before we left the United States with three kids and a pregnant wife. We finally reached Alaska at about the 24th hour that was the husband Denise got stuck with. Not faith what it looked like then, but faith for what it looks like now. Not surrender what it looked like then, but what does God want for me surrender now? Not adventure then, but adventure now. And frankly, some of us old codgers of the faith, we haven't had an adventure in a long time. These were questions that we, both Denise and I, sensed God was pushing us to reflect on and consider. For many years, Denise and I have dreamed about the possibility of serving at a retreat center for those in cross-cultural ministry, like ourselves, those who had become tired. We want to serve those in ministry by offering them a safe place for a time out a safe place to hit the pause button. We asked ourselves during that fall retreat in 2020, is now the time for us to pursue this dream? And as we prayed together, we sensed God's invitation to move forward, to take a step of faith, to say, okay, let's give it a try. God had used spiritual retreats in our marriage in the past spiritual retreats in our ministry in the past. Caregivers need care. Healthy service rests on healthy servants. So we took a step of faith, got our house ready, and we sold it. The house sold and was funded on July 23rd of last year. We placed all of our household goods in storage. When you drive by, go east on the 60 freeway and get to Ontario, wave. They earn stuffs in a storage unit over there. I've concluded my ministry as director of World Ventures member care team as of the first of this year. 
I'll continue to remain with World Venture as a global worker. We're still working out the details on what that looks like, but the question is, this morning, what are we going to do next? We're one step closer to answering this question. Denise and I have accepted an internship position at the refuge in southeast Colorado, and we'll serve there for six months as interns. The refuge is a retreat-based ministry focuses on serving those missionaries and pastors in vocational ministry. The director is a preeminent trainer and debriefer. Lord willing, will bring my pastoral counseling and Denise's spiritual formation skills, join the team, and see what God wants to do in our lives. We leave Southern California on January 11 for this assignment. Picture a short-term mission trip of six months, which just has some breaks where we'll come back to care for Denise's mom and see doctors who continually want to see us at this stage of life. We will greatly miss you, our church home, our church family. Um, this six months is, um, is a hard time to be away from you. It's been especially hard time these last three weeks as we thought about leaving you all. Many of you know that our son, was, our son Nathan was killed right after the sale of our house. He was actually killed on the 24th and our finals on the paper on the house were on the 23rd of July. You might know that, but what you don't know is how much love, support, encouragement, prayers, notes, meals, the list goes on and on. The impact that you've had on our family and indirectly the families that we serve. And what else do we know? I found three verses in scripture that highlight faith, surrender, adventure. We know in the book of Hebrews 11, chapter 1, the following. Now faith is the certainty of things hoped for, the proof of things not seen. According to Psalm 51, verse 17, we know that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. God, he will not despise. And we know from Psalm 84, 5, the following, blessed are those whose strength is in you in whose heart are the highways of Zion. That's the English Standard Version. I really like the NIV, which says the following, blessed are those whose strength is in you whose hearts are set on pilgrimage whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. I'm going to invite you to join Denise and me as we enter 2022 together by faith, willing to surrender in order to pursue a renewed, restored, and refreshed adventure of intimacy with Jesus Christ. 
In order for us to do that, we must embrace the truth that our tender shepherd is with us and that while we may bring pain, stress, struggle, anxiety, whatever from 2021, we are not entering 2022 alone. At the close of the hymn that you will see up on the screen behind me, Denise has a couple words of greeting for you as well. And I will close us in a time of uh, self-reflection prayer on the focus of faith, surrender, and adventure. And then our beloved Pastor Tim will lead us in our first communion of 2022. Dennis asked me uh, a couple weeks ago when he and Tim talked about him sharing at this um, service if I would like to share something. And I said, no, <laughs> I don't want to stand up there and perhaps cry in front of my dear friends. And, uh, but somehow I found the courage today. I guess it's God. That song was introduced to us. While, um, while we were at the refuge uh, in September, receiving uh, counseling and um, space to continue the long process of uh, 
our grief with our dear son. And it spoke to me because um, we walked a long journey with Nathan. He walked a long journey. And we weren't alone. We aren't alone. And we were seen. Uh, so we wanted to share that song with you. It's very special. I think of one more word to add to faith, um, surrender, adventure. And it's a word that has been a significant word in our lives. And that is the word of stewardship. God has, and I was thinking of this as Dennis was sharing some of our testimony. God has invested much in our lives. And he's hoping for a good return on his investment. And so as we think about um, retirement, <laughs> I've been retired for four years, but I've seen it as a chance to retool and uh, embrace some areas that teaching didn't allow me time to embrace. And Dennis is at the age where he could just retire um, and fish. <laughs> <laughs> and he deserves that. But we, we really do have a sense that we want to um, continue to steward the journey we've been on and coming alongside of others in their journeys. So thank you for praying for us in this next step as we uh, go to the refuge to work for six months and then praying that after, during this six months that we'll see what the step beyond that is for us, uh, where we are to eventually rebuy, whether here in Southern California or up in the above Seattle where our daughter lives or maybe somewhere else. But um, uh, we need your prayers for uh, that decision that eventually we need to make. Thank you. Let's pray. We truly are not alone. We truly are not alone. Father, speak to each of us, where at this stage of life do we live by faith? Where at this stage of life do we need to learn to surrender? What do we surrender? Where do we surrender? And Lord, I, I, I leverage in this sweet text in the NIV from, from living a life of adventure to living a life of pilgrimage. Where do we journey in pilgrimage to say, God, refresh us, God, renew us, God, restore us, so that our relationship with you in 2022 is truly new. Speak to us this day, and as we enter under the leadership of our beloved Pastor Tim as we enter this season, this new year, and start fresh with a communion service. May each of us reflect on your influence in our lives for your sake, your kingdom, and your glory and honor. Amen.